Hello and welcome to Webhead's Comic Club. This is, of course, our podcast where we are reading and reviewing every single issue of Amazing Spider-Man all the way back from issue one in 1962 to current day at almost 900. I am joined by my co-host, JP Creations. JP, yeah. How are you doing, well, good, sir? How was your uh, couple of weeks? It's been a couple of weeks since our last episode. It's been a wild couple of weeks, but I'm finally happy to finally actually get to books that we <clears throat> haven't read yet. Because, again, last last week's episode was a redo. Yeah. And I felt we've been stuck on those five issues for a month. And a half. Yeah. Last two weeks ago. Look, we're trying yeah. to get on a regular weekly schedule. I promise it's you mostly, guys it's mostly my It's mostly my fault. He's not wrong, but also the, the health COVID stuff that I've been dealing with is also a factor as well. That's why I haven't been uh, – the YouTube in general, my around the boxes and everything, I haven't been weekly at all. So we're trying to get back on a regular schedule. Uh, really, if you leave a thumbs up on the YouTube video on YouTube or give it a five-star rating on the podcast platforms, that will really motivate us to do weekly. If, so. you, <clears throat> if you give us a rating on Spotify, I may think about – reading the books not an hour before we have to uh, do the podcast that'll be the day we become professionals speaking of becoming professionals uh i wanted to apologize last episode look we're still learning all right we're we're, we're constantly evolving last we'll episode i messed up the audio balancing a little bit so you were a bit quieter than i was and of course as i'm sure you guys have noticed by now i was gasping for air a lot uh as you know, we missed a month of the podcast because I was out with COVID and lasting effects, still having breathing issues. Uh, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm seeing doctors, all of that. I just really am trying to protect you guys from having to hear me gasping for air the entire podcast. So try and send things a little bit differently this week. We have the audio balanced, hopefully better. Uh, I'm going to be trying to mute my mic when I'm not talking, so I'm not just gasping constantly. Um, but yeah, it's, I I just I, I listened back to the podcast last episode and I was like, oh god, like audio listeners are gonna love it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I know that someone is seething somewhere. So we're trying, we're getting there. You know, we're learning. Um, and last thing I want to address before we kick into this week's issues. As I mentioned, we are constantly evolving, constantly trying new things on this podcast. We're going to do things a little bit differently today, uh, so we do want your guys' feedback. Uh, if you are listening on podcast platforms, you can head over to YouTube. My channel is DA Comics. That's where every episode goes live. Uh, and I'd love some comments down below which you prefer, the way we do things today or the way we did them in past episodes. Typically in past episodes, we would just kind of go through page by page and discuss the story as we kind of summarize it. Um, we want to try things a little bit differently today, constantly looking for improvement, so we're going to be doing kind of a quick summary of the book and then just kind of discussing whatever it is that stood out to us about it, favorite moments, least favorite moments, takeaways, things like that. So it'll be a little bit more of a discussion, a little bit less of just kind of flipping through the comic book. Right, exactly. And we'll hopefully, you know, be a little bit shorter, be a nice, uh, a little bit sweeter, yeah. you know, for your car ride, for we're, your commute. We're, we're shooting work. for the golden, uh, like, hour 15, hour 30 yeah. uh, length because we don't want them to be too long for you guys. Um, but yeah. All I can really say, we're trying to get better. Uh, so, I mean, if you've been enjoying the podcast the way it is, then let us know in the comments down below. Don't change a thing, but uh, I am a big fan of trying to improve, so we will be doing that. Yes. With that said, Good. and unless you have anything else you wanted to mention at the top of the show... I'm ready to go. All right. This week, we are diving into The Amazing Spider-Man, issue 25. We are already a quarter of the way through the first 100 issues. How does that feel? This episode will... Uh end with him graduating it will end the high school arc is it the last yeah 
Oh, well, I am. So. No, okay. Well, not the last issue. The pretty close. Second last. Pretty close. Um, high school is coming to an end, which it's weird to me that high school only lasted twenty five. Well, twenty eight issues. Because mm-hmm. when you think of Peter Parker, I mean, you think of High School Kid. Obviously, that's the way he was originally. But it's weird that, like, it really wasn't... Like, if you look at the whole length of the Amazing Spider-Man series, it is just a fraction of that time. Very short. That he was in I high mean, school. Yeah, again, a couple of years that it took for the 28 issues to come out, and probably a couple of years in time, and, like, in the universe time as well, um, compared to the, the decades that will, will come. I think, and I don't know if they mentioned this in the comic book, but wasn't it his sophomore year that he got bit? Yes. Okay. I know. I know that's he what they're like, doing for the MCU. Or no? He was like, he was like, you know, it's called freshman year. Freshman year. That's right. Yeah. They're he was fifteen. He was, he was fifteen, which I think would be sophomore year, which makes sense because it's no, been about be two years. Year. Be freshman year. Mm-hmm. Man, it's been a while. I try not. I, to, I try not to think about high school. It depends uh, when you were born, I guess. Right. What yeah. Month. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so today we are discussing issue 25 through 29. So if you are reading along with us, go ahead and read those comic books. I will always recommend this every single episode. We will summarize them for those of you who aren't reading it, but nothing beats reading the comic yourself. Yep. And with that said, would you like to cover the summary or shall I? You got this one. You know I got to do issue 26, <laughs> That's true. I'll, you can do 26, 27. Quick summary for those of you who did not read these comic books. 25. This was the sleeper issue, in my opinion, because last episode we talked about not really looking forward to this one out of all the other ones. I don't think this was the sleeper issue. I think 28 was the sleeper issue. 28? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I really liked this issue. Uh, 25 is the first real appearance of the Spider Slayers um, as commissioned by J. Jonah Jameson. So the story starts off with Peter kind of just doing his usual Spider-Man thing, and he's trying to make a spare costume, just kind of the the maintenance work of being a superhero. Uh, it goes through the Daily Bugle, and we'll discuss that in a second, but he notices someone that I want to point out when we get there. Um, but a guy comes in, Alistair Smythe, and he's trying to sell him a robot, basically, a spider slayer. Um, so JJ says, he's crazy, and Peter, being arrogant, says, oh, no, you should do it. Like, you should, you should get this spider slayer. So JJ does... Uh, and it has these tangling coils of metal that can sense his spider aura and wrap around him. So they wrap around Peter, um, and luckily his identity is not given away. Everyone thinks that it was just a faulty machine, uh, but ultimately the comic and kind of concludes with Peter going out as Spider-Man, the Spider-Slayer finding him at his school. Um, they mention getting close to graduation, uh, and then he kind of goes on the run and tries to beat this Spider-Slayer, uh, JJ laughing maniacally the whole time, Betty trying to help Spider-Man from the Daily Bugle, uh, and ultimately Spider-Man getting the best of the machine using his big brain and science to kind of mess around with it uh, and making a fool of JJ yet again and losing his costume in the process. Yes. Now, takeaways. I'm gonna pass it over to you, and then I got my big one. What was your what What, what would you like to discuss here? Honestly, so I finished. I finished this. I, I closed the book, or you know, ended it, and I was like, "This is just. It's a very nice standalone story. It's got a little bit of everything. It kind of feels like an episode of a like a Spider-Man cartoon. Just like twenty minutes. You're in. You're out. <clears throat> you get the full package. It's a good standalone story for what we obviously there's a lot of lead up to it but just a very solid issue 
as in a whole. Like that's my my main thing. Kind of like the, the culmination of JJ's villain arc, um, pretty much. Which we don't talk about this enough. Like JJ Jonah Jameson is a villain in the Spider-Man comic books. Like he is a villain. He is an antagonist at least. And another thing is this: this would be really cool to see in the MCU, especially with how JJ is in the MCU and how it's obviously in the future with you know. He's more of a, a podcast slash show bit than he is. Crazier in the MCU exactly, than he was in the exactly. Raimi movies. Cool see this is like a maybe like a the first half of a movie as like a little. I would love to see JJ point. with Spider Slayers in the MCU. I think yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be um, my big takeaway that I almost said during the summary, and then I forgot that the whole purpose of doing the summary was to do takeaways after. Do you see that person that JJ is talking to when Peter first walks into the Daily Bugle? Hold on, there is a panel where he's walking in. And JJ says, don't worry about a thing. I'll take care of your ad personally, and I'll see you at the club tonight. And the guy he's talking to is a middle-aged, white guy, red hair, got waves. Oh, yeah, I did that. This is definitely Norman Osborn. But I didn't think in the... Okay, but you, do you actually think it's Norman Osborn? I do. I definitely... It, the art looks exactly like him. I think it's Norman Osborn. I think they're I, starting I to... I think I the, the creative team was starting to be like, all right, let's start teasing his identity. But not like as a Green Goblin, but like let's start putting this guy in so that you can later learn that he's Norman Osborn. Because he's about to go to college. We're about to meet Harry Osborn. Norman Osborn's about to be in here. I think this is the first appearance of Norman Osborn. Well, it doesn't look like ways. It looks like a, like a, a separate, like a, like a middle part. Um, let me, you got the expert here, let me see. It's the Norman Osborn look. Look at that face, no, you're telling me you not, don't recognize He even has the hat from the Green Goblin issues. They might be teasing that it is the Green Goblin, but I don't know if they, well they didn't even know that Norman Osborn was going to be the Green Goblin until. Well maybe that, maybe died. this is them, because his first, like Norman Osborn's coming in the series very soon. I think this is Steve Dicko and Stanley starting to be like, okay, we're going to be introducing this character pretty soon. Let's start teasing him. Because we know they plan ahead. I mean, they teased... Uh... Oh my gosh, I'm blanking completely. What was it that we were like building up to for a really long time? They teased a character or a storyline. Was it Betty Brant and everything with that? I think it was just Jay Jonah in general. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen that they're, they're getting to the point now where they're at issue 25. They're like, all right, we're going to plan long term. Well, I have it in my, my little notes. They... they... Pretty much, I think, foreshadowed issue 30 and issue 29, which we'll get to. Mm. But Right, exactly. So I, I think this is definitely Norman Osborn. They're setting up that he's buddy-buddy with JJ. He mentions, oh, see you at the club tonight. Like, this is obviously, why would they put that there if it wasn't And I guess someone of a goblins friend? in the next two issues. Exactly. So I think they're starting to sprinkle Easter eggs. I don't see why they would have him talking to that person. And he even says... Uh, uh, oh, he's with someone. Must be someone important. JJ's smiling. Like, they they put emphasis on the importance of this guy. I didn't catch that. I think it's Norman Osborn. I, I read that and immediately was like, holy crap, this is Norman Osborn. Like, I, I know um, this guy. Now we're going to have to get issue 25. Yeah, it is. I actually really liked issue 25 after reading it. I really was not expecting to, but do it you was have a issue lot 25? of fun. I do not. I want it now. Doing this podcast has made me want so many of the old issues that uh-huh. I didn't really care as much about. Uh, this is one of them. Ten is. I will be one. honest. I will be honest. I don't really like the Spider Slayers thing. I think it's kind of. I think after this issue, it's kind of cool how they brought it back a little bit, which again we'll get to. But uh, I don't know. I mean, they come back obviously, right? This is not the only time it appears. Right. I, I think I have a little bit more uh, nostalgia towards the Spider Slayers myself, 
just because for two reasons. One, growing up with the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, Spider-Slayers were, like, Smythe was a big character in that. Uh, but the other reason is because growing up, the first comic books that I ever read of Spider-Man was the 90s run, which I can't wait to get to on this podcast. Um, and they had a Spider-Slayers um, storyline that I had picked up as a kid, and I remember just loving it. Uh, and it was just really, I think it was a, was it like a three-part storyline or something like that? We will be getting there in like episode 30 um but so i really like spider slayers i do think it gets a little overdone which is I think yeah, what you the, were kind of mentioning but and i honestly i, I mean to me they're kind of like other than this i feel like after this i'm gonna be kind of a little bit bored of it personally i am getting a little sick of like robots just like being like i'm here to kill spider-man like right and another thing is is i feel like i hope this is the last time they use this this whole like J. Jonah tries to attack Spider-Man by becoming or making a supervillain. He knows he's going to get probably, you know, humiliated. He hopes he doesn't get humiliated. You think but then J.J. has learned his lesson? But then he does get humiliated. I just hope they it's getting a switched little up overdone. a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the uh, Human Torch stuff. So if we can yeah. switch it up after this issue, but I think it was it's a good cap on it. They, they found what worked, and they're like, we're going to do this. I do think that J.J. is going to kind of fade away a little bit now, just knowing the issues that are so coming too. up. I don't think that he's going to be as big of a villain. Yep. Still a huge side character, but right. um, we're about to get into some some, some new supervillains and uh, obviously some huge Green Goblin issues that are coming up. So very much looking forward to that. That should be in a few episodes so make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast and you'll see this when this come out but anyway um i do like that the robo tentacles actually pose like a decent threat against spider-man so i did think that was pretty cool to see it's interesting how pretty much betty disliking peter this time around is because he originally told jameson to like use the spider slayer and capture spider-man and she was like but he saved me and he saved your aunt yeah, it's kind of a classic, like, Peter's arrogance, I guess. Yeah. Like, he didn't take this guy seriously, and he's just like, oh, I'll have some fun with it. I think he was trying to get on JJ's good side, right? Because he wanted him to pay him more or something? I think he wanted, I think he wanted pictures of the fight or something like that. Yeah, so he was... He was, he kind of did it he's to like, himself. Oh, it'll, it'll fight me, I can take pictures, and it'll be easy money or something, if I remember correctly. He didn't take the threat very seriously, but I do... But he, but he was trying to trip over the wire and stuff. I was going to say, I love how she's, like mad at peter which we've talked about it last episode i'm just waiting for this relationship to end yeah, like betty is not gonna happen and also liz is not gonna happen um but betty being mad at peter but trying to help spider-man is a little bit more of that irony of like the two identities kind of colliding a little bit uh, i did also there was, uh, there was the classic you know liz and betty kind of back and forth in this issue which might with be the, the last time the, you see that with the bubbles with the like icy yeah, the, yeah, the icy uh, i love that that's bubbles. some great uh lettering who would that be the letterer who does that or is that steve dicko i don't know i'm not sure whoever did that they're doing a great job best in the biz i guess everyone working on this book is the best in the biz but right um yeah, kind of more typical Flash Liz stuff. Flash being like, I'm going to beat up Peter, and Liz being like, don't, I like him. It, that is also Flash getting kind of old. was straight up waiting outside Peter's house until, like, I think the cops showed up. Yeah, it's it's we've seen it all before. Flash trying to beat up Peter, Liz trying to stop him, Betty being mad at Peter, JJ being it a was... straight-up villain. I'm kind of I'm ready for this high school era to end because it is getting a bit repetitive. Definitely, and there was, there was some... Uh... Mary Jane 
action in this one where we didn't get to see her face, oh, but we get, to, yeah. we get to see her body as well as everyone's reaction to her. We get to uh, realize that uh, she is not ugly. So they say. So they say. I mean, from what we saw of her, she looks pretty good. And the girls are like, she's beautiful. Um, it's an actor. Or, well, I don't know what the hell. So that, I, I, I thought that was really funny. I didn't expect that. I didn't know that MJ appeared in this issue. Not in this that's issue. Two, I know, but... That's two first appearance cameos. Mary Jane and Norman Osborn. Unconfir- unconfirmed Norman Osborn. But this issue pretty much wraps up a story arc that will continue on to the next two issues. I think two issues. Where Peter makes pretty much a uh, uh, a puppet of himself or whatever. Yeah, out of his, with his, his suit, and then he webs up the inside, so he loses the suit, and he's gonna have to deal with that into the next story. Well, it's it's double trouble because he loses the suit to JJ, which mm-hmm. we've talked about. Raimi influence, you have to think that he got the influence for that. I mean, I know that's kind of based around issue fifty, and we'll get to that. But JJ getting the suit, um, but he had his second one that he was working on at the beginning of the issue. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for us to talk about your Aunt May theory. I still think it's true. She found a Spider-Man costume in his room. I think at this point she has to know. Oh no, she definitely knows. She she literally she like that one issue. She literally walks out and she's like, "I found this Spider-Man costume," and he plays it off as like, "Oh, I was just using it as a costume." And she's like, "That's irresponsible," but there's no way that she is dumb and doesn't. She's not that, that. she's not that doting. Yeah. She's doting supposedly, but she's not that doting. I don't think when Stan, when Stanley wrote this, I don't think that he had like. I don't think that he wrote it that she figured out it out. But later in the series, when it's revealed that she knew all along, I think this is a pretty obvious moment for... This, or the last few issues, is a pretty obvious moment for when she figured it out, which is really early into his career. For sure. I mean, like I said, I think she knew in that one issue. Um, I think this is her just trying to either get more out of him or protect him in any way she thinks that she can trying to yeah but why wouldn't she just confront him though um because she probably knows that he thinks like he's gonna freak out if yeah i guess he he knows that he knows or he knows that she knows if he knows that she knows that he knows that she knows it's gonna it's gonna just be a mess and really right now she's trying to deal with it the best she can yeah yeah but like you said this does set up the big storyline of he doesn't have a costume uh, and Which that, is pretty good. I like that. Really important in the next issue. But it also confirms that he has two suits. I don't know if that was confirmed before. So he has two suits. He has. Well, he was working on it in this one. He was like, "I need a spare," and then he lost both of them. And he lost it immediately. Yeah. Which I I really like, and we'll talk about it more in the next issue. But the him losing the costume, I do think that's a really fun kind of. It connects the stories a little bit. But overall, before we move on to issue twenty six, overall thoughts on twenty five. Now, it is a little bit formulaic and repetitive with what we've seen in the other Spider-Man issues, you know, like we already talked about, JJ and Flash and all of this stuff. I did enjoy it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, But I would probably rank it at like a 6.57 out of 10. Exactly, 6.5 is what I was thinking. Yeah, like it's it's, it's good, but it's not a game changer, you know? It's not yeah. this le- legendary issue. Um, yeah, for sure. There was a lot of cool little things in there that people that know <clears throat> the movies or just know classic Spider-Man are going to enjoy. Overall, it was, it was all right. 
It was alright. But, we're diving in. Issue number 26. Obviously a legendary Green Goblin appearance. Uh, now, this is the beginning of a two-parter, which I really like. This is like a, a solid two-parter. It's not like fully continuation. Go ahead and hit us with the summary for issue 26. Well, 26, 27, so they are two parts. Right. I do have this one as well. I thought oh, I would yeah, just, just flash that on the flash that on the video. I have both twenty six hey. and twenty seven, which is I do as well. I'm I'm glad now that I've read them because I, I really like these. You issues. gotta have, you gotta have the copies and them as well. But, oh, but anyway, continue with your summary. <laughs> Yours look a little higher grade than mine do, but I'm just glad to have them. Know. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's just it's the shiny uh, top loader probably. Minor low low to mid grade, but they're good. Well, so am I. I mean, that's that's where you gotta go. That's where us gotta go. You load to mid grade. I mean, back in eight point fives around here, it's gonna cost you know, yeah thousand bucks for like a back. That, that is true. That is true. Anyway, so it's kind of like a who done it. This this these two uh, not really who done it, but who really the big story with these uh, next two issues is who is the crime master. But stick with twenty six. So obviously, starting off, we pretty much get it on right away with the Green Goblin and the Crime Master trying to pair up. Very interesting thing, they've both revealed their identities to each other. Green Goblin knows who Crime Master Very is, Crime Master knows who uh, Goblin is, and immediately Crime Master's like, you know what, just kidding, now I know who you are, you're out. I'm going to become the boss of the Underworld, and if you try to do anything, people are going to know who you are. But at the same, on the same token, Green Goblin can tell everybody who the Crime Master is. So, we're pretty much led to believe right off the gate, though, that uh, the Crime Master is uh, Frederick Foswell, which is, a, as we know, is the big man. The big man. With the Enforcers. And he pretty much goes around and starts to try to control the Underworld by pretty much going to every mob boss and general organization. And threaten them, blowing up cars, throwing in rocks with uh, papers on them, and just kind of generally trying to beat people up. <laughs> At one point, he literally just kills somebody. He just he just popped the cap in one of the bosses. Yeah. And that's pretty much when people start really falling in line when he starts killing people. So this guy, this guy's ruthless. Um, the green was just kind of around at this point. Uh, and it's also at this point where Spider-Man obviously needs a costume. He doesn't have a costume. He ends up buying a Spider-Man costume from a store. Doesn't really fit him. Reminds me of Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Doesn't really fit him. He tries to web up the costume to make it stick. Um, there's a fight between, uh, obviously, the Crime Master. Spider-Man. Going... Uh, and then we pretty much end up at the end of the issue with the Green Goblin and the Crime Master both uh, at the docks with all the mob. Pretty much what we come down to is Spider-Man's at this docks, Green Goblin ends up at this docks, and all the mob is at the docks. Pretty much they're trying to see who's going to become the leader. Pretty much the Crime Master is going to say pretty much it's me. Green Goblin has different plans. He sees Spider-Man. He ends up actually getting the best of Spider-Man. Spider-Man gets knocked out, and we end the issue with Crime Master like, listen, guys, I'm the boss. Then out of the, of the back comes Green Goblin with limp Spider-Man saying, hold up. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. 
love that ending. That was such a good cliffhanger ending that I was like, you know, I'm seeing this from the perspective of reading these back in the 60s. I would have been waiting for the next issue after that. I mean, Green Goblin gets the best of him, and you mentioned he webbed up his costume because it didn't fit right. Green Goblin tried to unmask him. He would have had him, mm-hmm. but it was webbed up, so he couldn't get it off. Pretty good. But he Pretty just takes him. Done. I mean, that's the biggest... I want to see that in a movie, man. Imagine a we room kinda... full of mob bosses. He's like, I'm in charge, and then you just see the body of Spider-Man drop down on the ground, and Green Goblin's like, I'm in what charge. A way, what a way that would be to introduce him in the MCU, though. You don't really know he's coming, and then boom. You uh, would they show him beating Spider-Man or would it just be that like first? Maybe like they show him but they don't show him, you know? Like Spider-Man yeah, swinging like, some gas hits him and Imagine no, imagine like no, imagine like the end of the movie is like this is happening and then you you see Spider-Man just limp on the ground and you don't even see the Green Goblin just hear his voice to like say like no, no, no. Listen to charge. Excuse me. And you have to wait 2 years for the next movie. That wouldn't be fun. That would not well, it would be a good cliffhanger ending. It would be. But I, I love that, and I love this issue. These two, and we're focusing on this one, first one for now, these two issues is probably my favorite Green Goblin arc that we've had so far. Definitely. And honestly, and we'll talk about more when 27 rolls around, and you know at the end of 27, which we'll get to, this story arc, this, this, this two-part story, is what makes the Green Goblin what we know of him right now. Yep. It's way better. Like, 23 was good. I know you love the Goblin and the Gangsters, but I still think that his plan is really stupid in that issue, and that kind of ruined it for me. This issue is a little bit different. It shocked me that he actually revealed his identity to Frederick, or not to the Crime Master, um, and I it, it continues no. to play on that. Like, who's the Green Goblin? Who's the Crime Master? We don't know, um, but. It is a lot of fun seeing him. I mean, the Crime Master, he's not that interesting, to be honest, but having him opposing the Green Goblin kind of makes him interesting. He's like he's like big man light. Yeah, yeah. It's like he, at one point, he like repels down a building, like chucks a thing in a window, and then just like keeps going. Like, it's <laughs> like, a rock with a paper he has no to. special abilities. The only thing interesting about him is the mystery around his identity, and you obviously are meant to think that it's Frederick Foswell. Um, but. But it's wild that he uh, that he actually revealed his identity. It, it is pretty insane. Yeah, it's crazy. I um, mean, you would think like Green Goblin just trust someone that much right away to reveal his identity to them. There's there is one part that I wanted to show or wanted to, to mention. So there's at some point where I think it's in the in the first couple of pages where you know they're talking about what's going on with Peter. They show what's going on with Green Goblin and Crime Master. They show you know talking about uh, Roswell. And then, if, and I think they show something about you know Flash and everybody. And they flips the page, and there's a there's a there's a text that says, "Not that everyone's thoroughly confused." And then we go back to like some regular stuff, which is kind of funny because you're reading this, and you're like, "Okay, okay, okay." Now that everyone's confused, let's get back. To- <laughs> it's like now that you don't know who's who, what's going on, let's continue. Uh, one- it's like every second. now that everyone's thoroughly confused, let's return to Peter Parker. One noteworthy thing to mention about this issue is we do get our first real glimpse of flash being a kind of good guy um Mm -hmm. we've seen a little bit of it but not really big moments um but obviously him and peter get into a fight the principal sees and peter gets in trouble flash overhears him saying that it was all his fault and so flash kind of he goes to the principal and he says like hey peter shouldn't get in trouble it was all my fault it was a good thing to do right 
of course, later, Peter confronts him about it, and he's like, I didn't do it for you, I did it, you know, he sticks behind his facade, but I think that Stan, in this issue, did a really good job of writing the bully, you right. know, where it's like he's hiding behind this facade, he's acting a certain way, but you kind of see his real self shine through for a second, mm-hmm. and you see that he's not a bad guy. Which we saw a little bit, even in the earlier issues, thinking to himself a little yeah. bit, like, maybe I shouldn't be that hard on him, or, or this and that. But now we actually see him act on that under the guise of you know what we'll get to in the next issue right right um, exactly but yeah the crime master just kills some guy um he also at one point knocks spider-man off building pretty much doesn't look and then says i've done it i've defeated spider-man he'll never bother me or anybody else again the typical stanley villain i can't do this dude the typical, st- especially as as Spider-Man's falling, he pulls his mask off. So literally, if he was just watching him fall, he would have seen his identity, seen that he lived. He's like, "I did it! I defeated He's him!" Like, oh, well, but it sets it up for the, the great ending when he when Green Goblin comes in. He's like, "I defeated him!" And Primus is like, "I thought I defeated him." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like fighting over who beat him. Spider-Man is taking some L's in these issues. I man. think I think we have a little bit more uh, Sam Raimi influence when obviously Spider-Man gets knocked out on top of the rooftop and the green goblin is just like sitting right next to him over there at that one panel yeah yeah love that uh so green goblin crime master fight not much to talk about there i think the biggest thing to talk about is green goblin beats spider-man in a fight again I mean, it's just a, how many times is that he's gotten away a couple of times but he's beaten him a couple of times too just can't he can't get him green goblin uh, early on ends up running away a lot he does, yeah. Which is even you know, the next smart issue, play, well, I guess. He even says it. He says any 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 something like any leader knows when it's time to call yeah. it quits and back off. Yeah, but he straight up beats him. Tries to pull off the mask. It's webbed on. I don't know why he doesn't just rip it. Seems kind of lazy, but anyway. Yeah, super strength. Um, but the ending, man, I I just I love that. That last panel is just awesome. You see, Crime Master awesome. with his fist raised and Green Goblin's just like, um, no, I'm the leader. I like how one of the. the... <laughs> The mobster says, he captured him. What's going to happen next? Yeah, uh, perfect cliffhanger. What's going to happen next? Um, perfect. Let's find out what's going to happen next. But before we dive into the next issue, where do you rate this one? How do you feel about it? 7.5. Interesting. Interesting. I, I would say... I would say I don't think about the ratings either. You hit me with them and I'm like... Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking on the fly here, which is probably the most genuine uh, yes. rating. I think it's a really good book. I think I liked it a lot better once I read issue 27. I think they tie in. Obviously, it's a continuing story. But I think issue 27 and how this ends and wraps up makes this issue more enjoyable. I would rate this about a 7. Right. But the ending alone is going to make me bump it up to a 7.5. I'll agree with you on 7.5. Because that ending, I think, was just... I loved it. It was awesome. Really, we are on this... Back-to-back, two of the same ratings. 6.5, 7.5. Wait till we get the scorpion to the scorpion issue, and then we're gonna go off the rails. We'll see. We'll see. If it's anything like issue twenty, then we'll. Uh, <laughs> your hatred for scorpion. We'll have a discussion it. about the scorpion. But we gotta dive into part two of twenty-seven. Did you want to yes. summarize this one as well, or shall I? I might as well, and you can get the next two. Go or, for it. Yeah, the next two. Yeah. All right. Bring back my goblin to me. Issue Classic. twenty-seven. Classic. I love that. Just maybe not just as much, but maybe a little less. Then Goblin the Gangsters, bring back my Goblin to me. For whatever reason, I say that to myself a lot. 
Bring back my goblin to me. <laughs> Just sitting in your room. For real, I don't know. I'll see it. Like they used to be on my wall, and they probably, hopefully, will be soon again as a nice backdrop. But I'll see it. But bring back. My- that I like that anyway. more than the Goblin and the Gangsters. That's just I don't know. It has a nice like almost. This is gonna sound weird, but almost like a romantic vibe. Yeah. Not like like it sounds like a romance comic. You know, like bring mm-hmm. back my love to me, but it's bring back my Goblin to me. Yeah, actually, I like it a lot. It's pretty I just sick. think it's fun. The taglines on these on these books are awesome. Stanley's like issue twenty nine, which we'll get to. Never step on a scorpion. Love that. Anyway, so we pick up right where we left off with issue twenty six. Um. Everyone's turned against the Crime Master. He's old news. They chain up Spider-Man real nice and good. The Green Goblin is now in charge at this point. Spider-Man wakes up. And uh, even though, we, obviously, even though he's all enchained, he's still whooping some, some ass right now. He is flipping around, bashing into people. Um, Crime Master shooting Spider-Man. He flips out of the way. Goblin blasts his finger lasers, misses them. They almost, they almost get each other. Uh, Spider-Man's able to break uh, loose the chains. Cops come because someone tipped them off. A new, a new character that we uh, have been introduced, Hatch, who has an eye patch, is pretty much a snitch for the cops at this point uh, that we know him. And so he tipped the cops off about this meeting. The cops show up, three cops, and the three these three cops of Spider-Man pretty much start fighting fighting the entire underworld <laughs> at this point on these docks. Uh, I guess it's a boathouse or something. Right? Yeah, um, somewhere. Yeah, boathouse, something like that. And it's a good two, three, three pages of of this fight, and it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, Crime Master ends up ducking away and trying to get away. Spider-Man follows him through the sewers, and Crime Master ends up getting away. Um, at this point, Spider-Man still thinks it's Foswell. He's thought that the Crime Master is... Well, Foswell is either the Green Goblin or the Crime Master. Yeah. So through both these issues, he's been repeatedly going back to Foswell's house to see if he's there. Mm-hmm. Then he would check the bugle to see if he's there. Um, so that's what he does. So after the Crime Master gets away, he checks Foswell's house. He doesn't find him. Um, but Crime Master following Spider-Man at this point. He goes to the Daily Bugle. Foswell is now there, or ends up coming back there. Then we see it. While Foswell, J. John Jameson, and Spider-Man are in the Daily Bugle, across the way in the next building, there's the Crime Master with his gun. It's not Foswell. It's someone else. We don't know who it is. But out out from behind a little chimney, a couple cops, there's a gunfight ensues, and the Crime Master is killed. Yep. And he's revealed to be... Some random guy that we don't know. Nobody. Nobody. What was his name? Something Nikki. Uh, where is it? Yeah, Nikki. Nikki Lucky Lewis. Just some gangster, pretty much. Um, and uh, right, it dips out. I was obviously the crime master is killed, and uh, we find out at the end of the issue, <clears throat> pretty much, that Foswell the whole time was the character Patch. He's wearing a mask. He was the one that was snitching on everybody. Foswell is still in it. Maybe. So that is, I think, the first thing we should discuss. Foswell and the Crime Master's identity. It's revealed that he's not a Crime Master, right? At least seemingly. 
But then he says at the end, he grabs his package. He's like, I pulled the wool over Spider-Man's eyes. I got away with it. I think they're wanting readers to guess that he's the Green Goblin. I would say so. I don't think he is. Well, we know he is. Well, he revealed himself as Patch, though. Yeah, but um, even after he's revealed his patch, though, it shows him leaving the Daily Bugle, and he's like, I tricked Spider-Man. Like, they still haven't guessed my secret. What's his secret? Uh, He's Patch. But he revealed that. What's his other secret? No, not to them. He revealed it to us. I thought he revealed it to to them. No, they don't know he's Patch. Okay. Okay. All right. I guess I just misread that, then. I don't know he's Patch. Well... Um, continuing about crime master's identity i don't know it was still a little bit iffy to me i don't know it was kind of weird you may not remember but a few episodes ago on this podcast i said oh crime master's coming up do you know who he is and you were like no i don't know who he is and i was like oh i found out who he is and i'm excited to see what you think i was wrong which means because i had seen somewhere that it said crime master is this person and i was like whoa i didn't expect that and then it got, I got to the ending of this, and I was actually genuinely surprised because I was like, "That's not who it is. Like, what is going on here?" Who did so, you say it was? I don't know if I should say because it might still happen. Because it might be a it might be a further story. Well, now you gotta tell me. My my theory right now is that this is obviously not the real crime master. He sent a Patsy to get caught, and whatever. Should I say or should I leave it? Tell me after. Okay, I'll say it. What I saw in online, I saw somewhere, I don't even remember where, it said that Bennett Brant was the crime master, which was Betty's brother who died. Oh. And so I was like, that's going to be such a cool plot twist. He faked his death. He's the crime master. And then that just totally Damn. didn't happen at all. Where did so. you see this? Was it wiki? Cause <laughs> it was yeah. somewhere. It might still happen. Like, I think he does yeah. end up coming back. I just don't think it'll be as big of a... Yeah, I don't even know if the, I don't know if the crime... I've seen the crime master, like, on any covers or anything. He's on... Um, is he on 36? Is that him? Check. He, he, he comes back, for sure. Oh, um, then that's Even, even in is. the modern comics, he's around. But it... it the the it's kind of one of those like characters where the identity changes but the title sticks type of thing um but yeah so i was I actually w- genuinely surprised by the ending because i did wasn't expecting that i mean no he's not on 36 hmm. he might be in 36 but it's not on 30. Okay. um yeah i mean i didn't know who it was the whole time i was like oh okay it's not Foswell. He must be a good guy. And then it was like, oh, he's but he's the Patch character. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they had me going on a, on a roller coaster of emotions there. As soon as I saw Patch, I rem- I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's Foswell. It is wild how the crime master though was legitimately gunned down. He was killed. Mur- straight it, murder. Straight. Yeah, and in his last breath was trying to reveal who the Green Goblin was, but died too soon. So I didn't know about all. That. I don't know why. Like I had these two issues. I've read them before. But that's a, it's really interesting how close, right? How close it, like, his identity was to being known. Also, the only person that knew who his identity was is now dead. So, Unless Green Goblin once again is not the clear. real crime master. Very true. Which I see. suspect, even without knowing the Bennett Brandt thing, like that death was too like. It was weird. I felt it was weird too. I didn't yeah. know about that. So I was like, okay, there's no way that's the real crime master. He has to come back. Um... But, but it goes to show you that they, they, Stanley's really killing people off. He is. Like there's some weight. There, there could be the, some weight to these stories, even though that I guess 
people might think about these early issues as like take a shot early issues. In these um, early issues, yeah. In these early issues, got to um, put that on a t-shirt. For real. Uh, nah, I'm also oh, <laughs> t-shirts. You would think um, that there's not going to be a lot of like big. Yes, that they would be like very childish in that you know it's just oh happy go lucky, but people are dying. I mean that guy with Scorpion died. Okay, with Scorpion died. Uh, the crime master died. The crime master. I Bennett. guess Uncle Ben, but that's Bennett Brant died. Bennett, yeah, Bennett Brant died. Supposedly. Um, supposedly. Another classic thing that happened in this issue: going to the sewers. Spider-Man gets sprayed with some toxic gas. Makes a web helmet. Get through the gas. Keep keep chugging along. So a classic. He's, he's uh, getting smart. He's been. I want to call out some of my favorite, one of my favorite panels of art that we've had so far. I took a screenshot and saved this because I'm going to use it somewhere. Uh, I'll show it on the camera here, but the panel, for anyone who read along, page four, bottom panel, where Spider-Man's breaking out of the chains. I love that panel. I mean, you have the yellow accent lines around it, just really emphasizing it. And he straight up just flexes his chest muscles and busts out of these chains. I just think the art is really good in that panel. I think Steve Ditko outdid himself there. I will, I will, here goes my daughter. I mean, I think Every she's like, you know what, episode. I think she's like, oh, it's, it's Monday, it's Monday at eight, around eight o'clock, let's just start barking. I think she's like, I gotta episode. do it. I just want to, one little aside, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, my mom sometimes listens to these episodes, and I always think that's Probably. hilarious, because she's never read any of these comics. I was talking to her today, and she goes, uh, she goes, I want to meet JP's dog. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I've been saying, like... This dog needs to make a cameo in every episode. I think that's just my favorite gag that we've had so far. It's just I don't dog. even try. She just she just does what she does. Exactly. She lives her life. It's just the most the funniest. I love it. So I'll tell you, she she cries a lot, but she, the barking that she's doing, she rarely does that because I know what she's doing. She's playing right now, like she's playing with a toy, and that she barks when she does that. She only does that when I'm doing it. Oh, but one of these like, episodes, literally. man, you got to bring her in. Like not for a Maybe while. For the, Maybe uh, like. Yeah, 100th issue or yeah, something. Yeah, like some milestone, because I think she's going to cameo in every episode. Like, it's happened she's every... Gotta... I think it's probably happened all six episodes we've done so far. No, definitely. But... I will counter uh, your Norman Osborn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, page 18. <clears throat> um, top right panel. That is that is Norman Osborn. Now, it isn't Norman Osborn. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's back looks... again. He's back again. But that's not him, though. It's the same, it's the same character from last issue. Why would he appear in both issues that both have the Green Goblin? It's the same. He's wearing a green tie. Cause, yeah, because that's, no, that's Norman Osborn. That is. Exactly. It's, fully. The, it's the same character from last issue. It is? Yeah. It's the exact... Go back and look at it. It's the exact same face, exact same hair. He's wearing a green tie. He's appearing in the, in the issue with the Green Goblin. And I bet if you look at the end... Uh, okay. I was looking at the end where it shows Green Goblin without his face. I was seeing if he was wearing the same suit, but it's a different suit. But that could just be a different day. I'm telling you, they're starting to sprinkle Norman Osborn in there just as little teases. There's also there was also a point that was pretty funny because they keep even though Human Torch hasn't been around, which has been good for me. I've been enjoying his absence. Yep. They did put a little nod to him when Spider Man went to go back to get his camera. Some kids found it and he was like, Die, you know. With my luck, I don't want any autographs. I'm gonna get lead. I'm gonna stab myself with a pencil. I get, I get poisoning from the pencil. He's like, you know, let's not tell him I'm a Human Torch fan anyway. <laughs> so they're still. It's pretty great. He's just riding that home. Yeah, still. But this is at the end of this issue. It's what I've been talking about. You've been talking about what's his, what's going on his motive. What doesn't make sense? I told you directly. I said, hey, listen. 
I says, he wanted to become the leader of the underworld. Spider Man kept getting in his way, and he became obsessed. And at the end of this issue is when I finally have what I've been saying. Literally, I think he says it. He goes, everything I've been trying to do, he gets in my way. I won't stop until he's until he's done for. But he says something interesting. He says, I'm going to take a break from my crime career till he's forgotten about me. Exactly. Which I think the next time he appears is, what, 39? And so I, also, I was also going to say that. Issue, you, you, we don't see him until issue 39. That's another over 10 issues. Yeah. And that's a big one. Right. Obviously, yes. Very big. One of the biggest. In... So this is setting up the ultimate face-off. But... I mean, for anyone who hasn't read these issues, if you're reading along with us, when we get to 39 and 40, that is our first like major event in Spider-Man's mythos. Aside from like the death of Uncle Ben and all that. Um, We do see Norman Osborn in issue 37? Yeah. Or 38. 37. No, 37, 37. 37. And we see Gwen Stacy and Harry Osborn in issue 31, which will be next episode. Yes, um, But pretty good. I enjoyed the end of it. I love when he's holding up the mask. His suit is purple and green. Yeah. Pretty cool. I think it's really interesting. I, di- I do... This is the Green Goblin we all know. Right yeah. here in these in these two panels at the end is when he becomes the Green Goblin we all know. That's why these, he becomes more sinister. These two are my favorite Green Goblin ones because they're really... He's done being yeah. a bit of an idiot, to be honest. And he's starting to be a serious threat to Spider-Man. I mean, he's beaten him multiple times. Now he's got a, a vengeance that he's coming at him with. And like you said, I mean, this is setting up the ultimate climax uh, with him. Um... And I think that's super awesome. I know. I think he t- he took a turn in this issue for sure. I think he'd just become deranged at the end of this because he like you know Stanley even says you know with burning hatred in his evil heart to yeah. introduce the Green Goblin and, and what he's talking about. The guy's going off the deep end. It's about to get crazy. Last time Steve Ditko will draw the Green Goblin. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Does he Unless not have any like other a, cameos or anything? Unless might, it's a cameo. He might have a cameo. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll look for it. Yeah, this might be the last time Steve... That's a good way to cap it off for his run. Which we're going to be getting to the end of his run. Not next episode, but the one after that. After. So we're coming up on the, the genre. We also era. have to make sure that we do 39 and 40 in the same episode. Oh, we'll time it. We'll time it well. Okay. Yeah, don't worry. That's something for a different time, but... I really, really like these issues. That like, I don't know. You really feel a sense like we read issue, you know, one through twenty-seven now at this point, mm-hmm. and um, everything's connected. Like you still feel like everything that happened in issue one, two, three, four, five is like this. Spider-Man can think about it, it immediately, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember when this happened and this and this." Like it just feels very connected. It feels very like I've actually been following a story or watching a TV show. Yep. You know, quote unquote. It's it's which really enjoying it is what I love about the concept of ongoing comic books. I mean, people talk about like independent books, right? You have like new series coming out, Walking Dead, Saga, all these books that are really good. But something to me about reading Amazing Spider-Man issue eight hundred, and you have all of this history behind it. That's why I'm really looking forward to reading through all of these issues. Because like you said, right sadly, now we're at the point know, where it's all connected. I think it will maintain some of that. I think we just maybe, having never read them in that order, I think it's going to be a really different experience. 
can be very cool. But this this definitely wraps up the Green Goblin's original arc. Yeah, this is the end of the first era of the Green Goblin, where he's just he's just a villain, right? Right. He's about to become his nemesis. Now, speaking of which, I actually figured this out before I started reading these issues. I was just looking. I have like a a, a website where it shows all the covers, so I just know what's going on. Yeah. But um, I realized that Doc Ock's not going to appear until like issue fifty. He's gone for a while. Five. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Because since six into like 50, I think it's 55 or something. He might, does he appear in any of the annuals? Because we're not reading all of those. No. Okay. Yeah. In case you guys haven't figured out yet, we're not reading every Three. annual. We read annual one because of first Prince sister six, uh, but I don't think we'll probably read many of them from here on out just because it's not really. Yeah. It's, it's 53. It makes it hard to says, keep the numbering you know. going well and you know. 53 says look who's back oh, yeah. on the cover what year did but, that come out mm, not sure i guess we'll yeah, figure out over there but that's that's a few years where doc ock was gone so maybe he wasn't a fan but then, of it, but then that but then goes into a four issue uh storyline so. yeah he is a huge huge one um, um so rating on 27 27? we, we, we agreed me. on 7.5 you're saying eight the ending really gave it to me I am going to rate this a seven. I liked the first part better. Fair enough. This one is mostly just action. I enjoy action, but also it's like, you know, comic book action, especially in the 60s, can get a little bit just like, bam, pow, you know, and it's not that interesting. I really, the ending with Crime Master being shot and all that, that was interesting, and that's why I'm rating it a seven. Like, it's still really good, but I just think the first one was a lot more fun, especially with that ending. I think it's an eight, but I'm biased. Yeah, you're a little biased. It's a biased eight. Yeah, mine's an so unbiased scale it, seven. So yeah, scale it down. It's like seven. Inflation. So we're we're on the same playing field still. Yeah. We'll see if that continues. Diving into the, the next issue. Twenty eight. Now you it's mentioned you earlier in that. the episode. I think you mentioned that you really liked this one. I did. I didn't mention that, but I do. I said that I was. I think it was the sleeper one. I had mm. zero. Zero expectations for this book. And I was surprised. I had some expectations because I remember growing up buying back issues, really liking Molten Man. I always kind of wanted his first appearance. I don't have it. Uh, I have 35, which I think is his second appearance. I have 173, which is a Bronze Age appearance of him. I don't know. I just always thought he was cool. Um, I was kind of disappointed with this issue. This was probably the weakest one in the episode for me. Um... But before we discuss that further, summary. This issue is the first appearance of the Molten Man, as we just mentioned. It's also Peter Parker's graduation from high school. So we have officially ended the high school era of Spider-Man. But uh, starts with a splash page, the menace of the Molten Man. Um, and this actually kind of ties back some story elements from the past couple issues that we've already discussed this episode, specifically Alistair Smythe, because Peter wants to try and get his costume back. So he goes to J.J. Jonah Jameson, and he's like, where's Spider-Man's costume? And J.J. says, oh, Smythe has it. So he makes a plan to go and see Smythe, and he has a, a plan to swap it out and get his costume back. And while he's there, one of Smythe's, I guess, co-workers or partners comes and kind of confronts him about another science project they have. Meanwhile, Peter's getting attacked by the Spider-Slayer again, but you know, he's just trying not to get out outed as Spider-Man. 
Uh, but this partner of of uh, Smythe's takes this uh, vat of liquid, and he punches Smythe, and he starts running away with the liquid, uh, and he drops and breaks it, spills it all over himself, and his skin becomes molten metal. Um, and so he immediately just kind of goes crazy, and he leaves, and he just starts punching cars, and just goes on this rampage. He's like... Power. The power went straight to his head, basically. Um, so Spider-Man goes and follows him because he saw this all happen. Uh, and he ends up finding him. They have a very long fight where Spider-Man realizes he can't hurt this guy. Every punch he gives, every kick he gives, he stops pulling his punches. He tries hitting him as hard as he can. And the guy just does not seem phased. He just cannot actually hurt him with blunt damage. Um, but he ultimately ends up outsmarting him by webbing him up getting him tied up, and then the police come and arrest him so that he can go and catch his graduation on time, which uh, reminded me a lot of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 when he is out being Spider-Man right before his graduation and just barely makes it on time. Uh, So there's a little bit of the influence for the movies there. Uh, And then the issue ultimately ends with Liz basically saying goodbye forever. She's like, I'm not going to really see you again. I'm over you. Go be with your Mary Jane. And Peter's like, Mary Jane, who the heck? I don't know who that is. She's probably ugly. Yeah, she's uh, she's hideous. Um, uh, and then the, that's kind of the end of the uh, story. Oh, the other big thing is that Flash is going to Empire State with Peter, so they're just going to continue to be together at college. Both on scholarships. Both on scholarships. Um, Very interesting. So how, you said this was the sleeper issue. What was it that stood out to you about him? I really enjoyed the two-part story. I think it I, it felt like a two-part story. It wasn't a two-part story, right? But, like, I enjoyed that it wasn't just one full issue of The Malton Man or one full issue of The Graduation. I enjoyed they kind of split it into two different segments. It kept it fresh for me. Because if I had to read a whole issue about The Malton Man, I'd probably get a little bit bored. Yeah, fair. Um, He's probably one of the less interesting villains that have come out. Right. I thought it was really interesting that Peter actually got to see the origin right in front of his eyes of a, of a villain he was going to fight. I think that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that uh, he was smart enough to bring a, a jar of spiders. So I guess that if he got entangled in his little thing, he can, you know, make the ad excuse. He's like, here, Smythe, I, I brought you a jar of spiders. It's for your research. That's why I got entangled in in the in your, in your robot again. Yeah. Uh, but again, I think it was a really cool way to bring that character back and also the robot back. And tie it into issue twenty five was pretty interesting, and then yeah. have it also be the kind of kind of the cause of this villain. I think it was I think it was nice. I think it wasn't just random because some some villains and some arcs have just been kind of random. Like ah, you know, it's a guy radiation crazy. You connected the stories a little bit. Exactly. I um, my my biggest thing with Molten Man and why I was a little disappointed reading this issue because I did remember him fondly. His motivation is just kind of lacking. I mean, he just kind of comes in and he's like, you know, disgruntled partner that, you know, whatever. But then he becomes Molten and he's just like, I'm going to crush some cars now. Like, he just kind of immediately switches over to villain, which is not the first time Stanley has done this with a character. I mean, you saw it happen with Scorpion. You saw it happen with Doc Ock. I mean, all these characters. And some of them had a little bit better explanation for it. I feel like this didn't really give enough reason for why he just kind of went off the deep end. just seems like it was kind of a Scorpion thing where he was already a... Some type of criminal or some type of a bit of a jackass. You know, yeah, you know, his morals weren't all there, and just immediately went power 
Or, I, uh, I might be remembering incorrectly, but I swear later on in the Spider-Man comics, Molten Man com- becomes kind of a sympathetic character. So, that's what I was saying. When I I don't know anything about Molten Man. This is probably my first Molten Man issue I've ever read in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be a sympathetic character. I thought coming into this that he was going to accidentally become the Molten Man, and it was going to be bad for him. Mm-hmm. He was going to be misunderstood, but uh, that wasn't the I think that would have been better. Like, if, if he became Molten Man and then was leaving, kind of like Jamie Foxx's Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2 at the right. beginning, where he's not doing it on purpose, and he's, like, maybe just melting, like, the doorknob as he leaves and melting a car outside. Like, maybe he tries to get in a taxi and melts the... I think that would have been more interesting, where it's, he's like, I'm not trying to do this, and Spider-Man's just kind of being a little bit more arrogant and being like, hey, stop that. I think would have been a better angle to approach it, but instead he's just like, I have power. I can beat up Spider-Man now. And it's like... Not the most interesting motive, but it was. I I went into it thinking it was gonna be like that, and then when it wasn't, I was like, okay, like I kind of enjoyed it. Well, I enjoyed it, but I was happy that I couldn't guess what was gonna happen. I do think it's funny. You look at the cover, and also knowing Molten Man's appearance later, he's a buff dude, right? When you first see, I think his name is Raxton. He kind of seems mm-hmm. like a puny dude, and I was like, that's the Molten Man. Like that doesn't look right at all. And then progressively through their fight, he's just slowly getting more just and more gets naked. Larger. He gets beefier and more naked. Like they rip off his Molten, shirt. Bro. They rip off his. Do they rip off? They rip off his pants. Like, he rips off. He had pants on, and he rips them off in the shorts, saying, "This is my new appearance. Everyone will know that I'm the Molten Man now." He progressively gets more naked as they're fighting, which that I got a kick out of. I thought that was funny. Um, and I think by the end, he's like almost completely naked. Literally, I, he literally rips his pants in the shorts, saying, "This is my look." Yeah, one. This is this is, this is the new me. Uh. Probably my biggest thing that I did enjoy about this issue, and ultimately when we do rate it, probably what's going to be having me give it a higher rating rather than lower, is I think this is some of Steve Ditko's best art, mm. in my opinion. Just because I think the the a lot of the scenes at the laboratory has that red background with the light kind of shining on him, similar to that panel in issue three that I really liked with Doc Ock getting blasted. Um, I think that red, black, yellow contrast just looks really, really good. And then also the fight scene, which is where the cover is based off of, where they're in the dark, and it's just mm-hmm. black, and you just see the yellow of Molten Man kind of glowing Sick. through the dark. Really, really good art. Really good art. Yeah. I love to have this issue just to see what it actually looks like, those those panels where it's like all black. Be very interested to see what it actually looks like on the paper. That reminds me, you finished your first om- omnibus. How, how are you reading these? No, I didn't. It, and it ends with Dicko's Run at 38. Oh, Really? Yeah, I thought it ended at twenty five. No, and it has it has like every appearance like in the annuals and stuff like that. Oh wow, okay. This annual is really weird. Like it's like Doctor Strange or something. Yeah, that's why I figured we could skip it because it's not a big big deal. But um, uh, I will say this issue. What I also loved about it that I think really put it over the top for me and why it was a sleeper and I really enjoyed it. Classic Spider Man. I've said this before. Classic Spider Man universe. JJ was on top of his game in this issue because, you know, Spider-Man or Peter had sold pictures in the last issue to, you know, a different uh, newspaper. And so we knew he had to butter him up. He ended up being the speaker at his graduation. He obviously spoke about himself the whole time and everyone hated him in the crowd and they were moaning at him and whatever. And he goes over and, you know, sweet talks Aunt May and Miss Watson. Not Mary Jane, but Mary Jane's mom or aunt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you know, with with Flash obviously, and and Liz stuff, which was really weird. Liz just completely cold turkey both uh, Flash and Peter after the fight that they had. Good for which, her. you know, good for her. No, I was about to say good for her for sticking to her guns. Yeah, no, really, she's she's better than fucking both of them. Well, yeah. better than the way they've treated her. Peter no, has always sure. given her the cold shoulder. Flash is always a dickhead. Um, so he's just I was true. happy to see that she's not just constantly being the like, oh, I pine after Peter. Like she's finally being like, you know what? I don't need you. I'll be myself. No. We've we've talked about feminism in these '60s comic books. We have. This is a little bit of an improvement. I also got a good kick out of JJ trying to put the charm on Aunt May and Aunt May being like, what a lovely man. And just like kind of setting up a very distant future. Obviously not intentionally setting it up, but her Aunt May and JJ end up having quite a bit of a, uh, I don't want to say relationship because they don't date, but. Something. Something. I'm not sure about that. But no, I think this was classic, classic Peter Parker universe. And, you know, the fighting... <laughs> Finding a, a new villain right before his graduation is top tier stuff. I think you look at the cover, you're like, "Ugh, Molten Man." At least yeah. that's what I do. Yeah, he was literally like, like, "He's like, oh, I'll just I'm go pick up my costume before graduation." You know, like it'll be a quick stop, and yeah. then he just ends up in a fight with this Molten Man. Oh, we forgot to mention that's why he went to to get his costume. His yeah, yeah. yeah, what's his name again? Smythe. Yeah, which he got it costume. back. So he's he did got that. He swapped it out. With he the still family. can't. He still can't find the one that Ma has. Yeah. So we'll see if that shows up. She again. threw it out because she doesn't want him to wear it. Maybe. Uh, but how would you but, rate this one? I mean, honestly, I think the story. I really agree. Smythe with the costume is good. The graduation is good. Molten Man's origin, really disappointing for me. I think based on the art that I really liked, and based on the fact that it is his graduation and all of that, I would rate this at like a six. Can I say something to you right now that might blow your mind? What? I'm doing 7.5 to 8 on this. Is that higher than the Green Goblin ones? No, it's as high. But, and look, I don't know because, I don't know, I really liked it. I feel like it's actually, I could okay. reread this. I could reread this again. Okay. I'm telling you, it's classic Peter Parker universe. I, I feel like, and another thing I wanted to mention, he is, oh, I see Spider-Man now. He's getting there. He's like more witty than ever. Every, he's always joking with them. It's actually kind of, at points funny like actually funny it's not just kind of yeah, corny funny yeah. it's like actually funny he is really um, cracking the jokes and he also seems to know what he's doing he even says it like he's like you know i've been through i've been through this you know or i'm, I'm hitting you really hard you know i usually say these type of punches for you know big time villains mm. you know stuff like that and it's like he's been through it he's been he's been spending for a couple of years he's going into college now he's matured he's matured a lot more maturing a lot more and that's the that's the spider-man the peter parker i love the most what what era? College era? College to probably, you know, the nineties issues. You know. I was gonna say my He's like living with Mary Jane. My iconic, like yeah, married married to Mary Jane is my like, my perfect Spider Man, which we'll get there. I do also like College Spider Man. Yeah, I have not. I have read very few of the issues in the college era which is what we're getting up to now so i'm really looking forward to this because we're gonna see some awesome stuff um 7.5 or 8 that is crazy i am blown away by that that is that is i am too i am too no that's issue what shocker is issue 36 yeah uh but 
This is the one that we were expecting potentially some disappointment. There we go, buddy. Ding, ding, ding. Here, here's the round one. The last episode, or issue two. of this episode, issue number 29, which I do have. Let me pull my copy out. I recently purchased this one. This is a new. A, a, what's up, you guys? It's JP from JP Creations, back with a weekly pickups video. Beautiful. I think I bought this at a convention. I don't remember which convention. It, did I buy this at MegaCon when we were there? You might have. It's either MegaCon or it might have been SuperCon, which I went to a couple months after that. Um, but I definitely bought it at a convention. Apparently paid 25 bucks. That is a sweet deal. I paid That's 40 Yeah, I mean, it's it's low grade, but 25 bucks. you're not going to complain. Second appearance of the Scorpion has the classic never step on a Scorpion. I always wanted this issue because of the tagline. I'm a sucker for taglines, as everybody is, I think, finding out. It's a great cover, I think. It's a great cover, and I love, and I recently got the second appearance of... Uh, Lizard too. I honestly love first appearances of characters, but with certain characters, like the Scorpion, like the Lizard, like Doc Ock, I'm very interested in their second. Yeah, because I... usually those characters have been defeated or they've been fixed or whatever, and it's like, how are they going to come back? That's I what I was really excited about yeah. with this issue, and for whatever reason, I thought it was going to be cool and fun and be a bit interesting how we came back. And, uh, it's not, it's not at all. I do agree with what you're saying. I think second appearances from a reading perspective and also from a collecting right. perspective are very interesting. Cause it's like, they're bringing this character back for a reason, right? Like that character was popular. They're bringing it back. How are they going to do it? And I agree. We talked last episode. If you guys missed last episode, we, there was a bit of contention between us because I am not a fan of Scorpion's first appearance. I thought it was the worst book we read that episode <laughs> probably the worst book we've read so far in the series going into this one i was like all right and i said it last episode i said we'll see if 29 redeems scorpion in my eyes we'll see if his return is better than his first appearance man oh man to summarize and then we'll dive into our thoughts should be quick uh on the splash page you see spider-man fighting scorpion you're like he's back how did he whatever um it immediately is revealed page one he just breaks out of jail and aye, aye, aye. in the dumbest way possible he pretends to be crazy so that they'll give him his scorpion costume which by the way was broken in issue 20 but it's repaired it. here and he uses that which i didn't think the costume re was required for his strength but apparently he it's needed not... it. well why did he need it to break out then because he's scorpion the tail inconsistencies anyway he breaks out of jail and is immediately just like now i'm free now i can go kill jameson and spider-man which we've known that it's a defining character trait of scorpion that his vengeance to get jj but you know nothing new here uh so jj gets warned by uh the police Always. while peter is there which by the way just got to shout out this panel look at peter's dreamy eyes right there he's handsome looking good um the police come and say hey scorpion's broken out and jj in his own head is like i can't let anyone suspect that i had anything to do with him so why would he come to get me um but on the outside he's like oh you must be mistaken i'm i'm fine he's not coming to kill me because you know why would he um but peter obviously hears the scorpion's free and he's like all right i need to i need to plan i need to, i need to get scorpion so he goes swinging around town thinking that he can bait scorpion out he goes oh scorpion will see me he'll attack me and i can fight him but of course scorpion's not an idiot right he sees spider-man swinging around he goes awesome i'm gonna go attack jj while he's defenseless so he goes 
springing building to building using his tail, which is admittedly very phallic shaped. That one panel where it's extended out, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, that's like at the end. Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson decides his brilliant plan is to post out that Spider-Man and Scorpion are partners in order to get Spider-Man's attention so that he'll protect him. Another uh, Raimi thing. Another Raimi thing. And uh, Scorpion ultimately breaks into the Daily Bugle. Luckily, Spider-Man has a has a burst of uh, intelligence where he goes, what am I thinking? I'm swinging around. He's probably attacking JJ. So he shows up just in time to save JJ, of course. Another fight scene in the Daily Bugle. It's been done before. It's happening again. Uh, Ned Leeds is back, and he's protecting Betty, which Spider-Man is not a fan of. Um, but they have a nice long fight scene in the Daily Bugle. Uh, before leaving and fighting out on the buildings. It's really this whole ep- issue is just like one huge fight scene. Um, before they dive into the water and Spider-Man fights him in the water. We'll talk more about that in a second. He ultimately beats Scorpion, webs him up, and he goes back to prison. And I stand by it. Scorpion is the worst of Spider-Man's rogues gallery so far. And that is including the Enforcers. What about the clown? The clown is the best, okay? The clown is my favorite. Princess Python's like F tier, dude. Scorpion, if I'm reading these in the 60s, I'm picking up these books. If I read 20 and I read 29, I'm going, screw the Scorpion, man. Don't bring him back. He's boring. Issue 29 was... He's boring. Very disappointing. Um, Now, I am a big Scorpion guy, okay? I love the Scorpion. He's in my top six favorite. Um, He's boring. Number five and number six. I don't think he's boring. I think he gets better as he goes along. I don't know when he appears in his third appearance. I don't think it's anytime soon whatsoever. I would have to check at least the covers or, or just check it out. I was going to say, I think the readers back in the 60s felt the same way that I do because they did not bring Scorpion back for a while. Do you know how long? I don't know when, but I don't think there's another Silver Age appearance of Scorpion. I don't think he's back until, like, the Bronze Age in the hundreds. Yeah, I, I agree, which is insane. But maybe he, with with that, he'll become more of how I see him as just a real cool guy. <laughs> um, no, just like just like a, like a brute with a, with, a, with a tail and a sick dude. Um, the muscle of, 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 of a group. Anyway, uh... Definitely very disappointing. Um, they could have done it in a lot of different cool ways. I think he's this was he's, this was very early issue. He's just boring. I don't think he's boring. I mean, don't be rude. <laughs> I think. I literally wrote. I, 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 I wrote. This is okay. I wrote issue twenty nine. Very excited. Sigh. Okay. Word. <laughs> I, I that was how I, I felt, man. And I was going in Sorry. with less excitement than you were. I was going into it like hoping that this would redeem Scorpion in my For eyes. Issue twenty-eight. Issue twenty-eight. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine points. For this one, I have three. Yeah. Very excited. Okay, word. And then something about foreshadowing, which we will say, in at some point in these issues, Spider-Man hears J. John Jameson talking about, you know, we have to go send reporters out or something like that for a cat burglar and some stolen science stuff i'm pretty sure that will be next issue issue 30 it is yeah first appearance of the cat so they are foreshadowing that yeah pretty which nice the cat is a pretty awesome character because that leads into one of my favorite side characters in the spider-man mythos we're not going to be there for a while but i'm excited for when we do uh however 
This issue, the only parts of this issue that I liked at all were the parts that didn't have the scorpion in it. Uh, uh, Ned Leeds being back. Him and Betty can actually be a thing, and Betty and Peter can stop being a thing. Uh, I am so dumb. Sorry, go ahead. What I'm, just so dumb. I'm just so done with Betty, dude. I, I'm, I'm over it. it. I'm over Betty. I'm over Betty. And so I think now Betty's gone. Liz is gone. We're ready to dive into the college area, meet Gwen Stacy, meet Mary Jane, get into the love interests that are actually have some impact on the Spider-Man series. Um, Scorpion, I have nothing else to say about Scorpion. The action scenes, I don't really care. It's cool. It's some cool art. I'll give him that. But his character, I just don't. Hair. And I feel like the readers feel the same way. That's why they don't bring him back. Because if it was popular, they would bring him back. You know what I mean? So I think they probably just right. never planned to bring him back. And then some writer down the line goes like, "Hey, you remember that Scorpion character? Let's 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 make him better." And I think that's when he will get better. Yeah. You know, it's his first two issues. He's in jail. Let's see how they bring him back. Excited for his third appearance to see how they bring him back the third time. Hopefully, a little bit more creative, creatively, and. I think Scorpion, not Stanley's best work. I think, yeah, whenever he is brought back, which we don't really know, but I think it's a different writer, and I think that they will probably bring him back in a better way, which is what made him such an iconic villain. Because honestly, based off of these two appearances, he hardly deserves a place in the Rogues Hall of Fame for Spider-Man. At this point, yeah, but I mean, down the line, obviously. Yeah, down the line, but not yet. Uh, This panel of him climbing up, he looks so stupid. He looks so stupid. I really like his grimacing face, though. It's just, he's, he's, I just don't like the Scorpion. I don't like him. I want that to change. And I know that at some point, like, I've read modern books. Scorpion is cool. He's so lame in these issues. He has no motive. He has nothing. I was very disappointed. So, from what I'm seeing here, wow, very interesting. Scorpion doesn't appear. This was in 1965. Yeah. He doesn't appear until 1970. In okay. Captain America, issue 121. Then he doesn't appear again until 1972 in Captain America 150, 151, and 152. When is his next Spider-Man appearance? 150, 145 in 1975. Oh, that's right, 145. Yeah, 10 years. Ten years later. Wow. I think that's a good thing. I think, honestly... Stanley recognized probably based off wow. of like fan mail. I'm really interested to see next episode. I'm gonna actually make sure to read the letters in whatever issue has letters for this issue, because I want to see if the readers are like Scorpion sucks. You know, I don't think just from what I'm looking at, I don't think Scorpion becomes a big character until like the 2000s. Yeah, I I think the modern modern books. I think I think the Ultimate Spider-Man books are really what made Scorpion popular because they did it recently. He was pretty big in the the animated series too, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Because you remember. So I think I would say the '90s to the thousands. He probably got his. When we talked his about his first appearance, I mentioned that I was confused about his origin because I thought that his tail was fused with him. Like I thought he was stuck in the costume. I think that's the Ultimate Comics they did that. Yeah, and that sounds and all right. That makes him way more interesting as a character. I think they ended up yeah. adapting it into the main universe at some point, but that makes him way more interesting. Scorpion, lame rating on this issue. 2.0. I give it a 5. I'm only giving it 2.0 because of JJ, because of Steve Ditko's art. I love the the water fight scene. It's pretty cool. 
it doesn't he it has spider-man talking underwater and that doesn't make any sense but it's still cool um 2.0 i go to 4.5 actually pass. 4.5 we'll see you in 10 years scorpy you also mentioned foreshadowing they do foreshadow the cat but they foreshadow something else which we will be talking about in the next episode. Aunt May uh, starts to feel a little bit ill at the end of this oh, issue. That's right. We are coming up on one of the most iconic Spider-Man stories of that's all right. time. And we're going to be diving into that in the next issue. Which is... Or in the next issue? In the next episode. I always mix those two. Next episode, we are going to be reading issue number 30, 31, 32, 33, and 34. Another five issues. It's going to be featuring the first appearance of the cat. It's going to be featuring the return of Craven the Hunter, which is going to be interesting. But most importantly, right in the middle of that five is a three-issue story arc that is one of the greats. I mean, it's in the Hall of Fame. I'm so excited to read it because I've never actually read it before. Yep. Issue 31, Gwen Stacy, Harry Osborne, first appearance. Pretty sure it's the first day of college. These next five issues are not heavy first appearance wise but they are heavy in terms of the spider-man as you know him iconic story um yep. i think i don't even need to ask which issue we're both looking forward to the most i mean i know i speak for myself when i say 33 you... i i like 30 i i want i really am again i'm putting i can't with the bias I don't know oh yeah i'm excited to see gwen Stacy show up so i can say Oh, you're gonna get thrown off a bridge. Whoa, and... spoilers, man. <laughs> Alright, well, maybe a clock tower if you've seen the movie. All right. Spoilers. Um, and then Harry Osborne appearance. Yeah. I am excited to see Gwen uh, Stacy and Harry Osborne. Those are some side characters that are obviously gonna be sticking around for a long time, some more than others. I would say I'm excited for thirty four to see Craven the Hunter come back, but at this point I think he's just probably gonna go. Oh wait! I forgot that I was alive. I forgot my only purpose is to kill this guy. Let me just come back and then get defeated and leave again. After twenty nine, I cannot be excited about a first appearance until I improve them. Predictions. This is something I think that I would like to do now that we're getting to the books that we haven't read. Uh, I am looking forward to issue thirty because it's first appearance of the cat, and I, I'm interested. I, it feels like a twenty two. You know, like twenty two. I was going into it with very low expectations, and then. It blew me away, just in terms of being fun. I feel like 30 is going to be similar. Where like I've always thought of 30 as like, eh, who really cares? The cover's kind of forgettable. Like I've never read it before. I think that's going to surprise me. 31, 32, 33, I'm really excited for. 33 is an obviously iconic cover. I don't have that issue. I want it so bad. 34, I will be very shocked if it has a good return of Craven, like you mentioned. I think it's going to be the same kind of like, ah, oh, I guess I'll go kill Spider-Man now. Um... And so hopefully, hopefully I'll be wrong. Hopefully we'll both be wrong, and it'll be a good return of Craven. Craven is an interesting character. He's never been one of my favorites, but I'm excited for thirty-one too because I see there's a scuba man, a lot of underwater. There's a lot of stuff going on in that in that cover as well. Mm-hmm. Um, man on a rampage issue thirty-two. I'm pretty excited for because he looks like he's just tearing That's up. A great cover. I love that cover. And obviously issue thirty-three. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in issue thirty because I think, like you said, I don't know. I don't even know the first thing that happens in that book. Yeah. So. Same. I don't know. The only thing I know about the cat is that he's what? Black Cat's dad? Um, so, excited to see him as his own character and not the parent of another character. Um, but that is it for this episode. We landed at 
about an hour 20 so great job perfect <laughs> um so next week like i said if you want to read along with us go ahead and read 30 through 34 uh, i think the episode after that will probably be only four issues because we want to line it up to have 39 and 40 together um so. i think those should be their own episode probably could do a whole episode about those but that episode's gonna be really good we have some bangers coming out for you guys basically yeah, is what i'm trying coming. to say next episode john romita era coming john romita era coming gwen stacy harry osborne the the climax of green goblin as spider-man's nemesis we're about to meet the rhino we're about to meet mary jane lizard's coming back shocker's coming around you don't want to miss this action guys so subscribe right here on the youtube channel Follow yeah, right. us if you listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you follow. Make sure you rate. Give us that five star. Go ahead and head over to YouTube. Leave a comment down below with your thoughts on this kind of slightly different format in our discussions. Uh, looking for feedback for sure. Um, and hey, everyone loves Marvel. People love comic books. If you like our podcast, tell a friend. Listen, if I can tell my physical therapist about my podcast while he's he's massaging my, my back, I think you can tell a friend. And also rate five stars on us. Uh, and also rate five stars, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, if my mom can help get it, uh, definitely, yeah, share it with a friend. Listen, guys. listen, DA's mom, if you're not out there telling <laughs> your girlfriends about the podcast, okay, I don't know what you're doing. All I, right? I told her not to. I was like, I do not need people showing up in my comments on YouTube. Like, I think we do. I think I think she needs to download Spotify. And I think she needs to rate us five stars on there and whatever other platform. I tell you what. What you really need to do, and this is the last thing I'm going to ask for you guys. I know we've asked a lot. We asked, leave a like, right. rate, follow. The last thing I'm going to ask you to do, two things, actually. The first thing I'm going to ask you to do, go and follow us on our socials. Link's on the screen there over on YouTube. True. Uh, at true. JP Creations on pretty much pretty everything. True. At DA Comics on pretty much everything. Um, we're both looking to start posting more. I know that we're not posting a bunch, but we are, so you'd want to follow us there. Second thing I'm going to ask you to do, Go and read these comic books because seriously, I said it at the beginning. I'm gonna say it at the end. Nothing beats reading the comic books yourself. Read along with and us. There's a lot, and there's a lot of things stuff. we can't talk about. A lot of little things that you will never know about. You will never get be able to enjoy if you don't read them yourself. Yeah, like really, the best experience with this podcast is to read along with us. So I heavily, heavily encourage you guys to do that. But with that said, I'm gonna let you guys go. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Webheads Comic Club. Tell your friends. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out. Bye bye.